your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 565 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends at Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online, where the game starts. And it's been a crazy couple of days here for the New York Rangers. Obviously, the trade deadline is coming gone. And on the night after the trade deadline, we saw the Rangers uh, have what was probably their absolute worst performance of the season, a 7-4 loss in New Jersey, a game where uh, pretty much nothing went right after the first period and the wheels just kind of fell off. And they follow up with... Maybe their best win of the season, taking down the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-1 to in Madison Square Garden, basically just dominating from start to finish and uh, scoring three goals in the first four minutes and 16 seconds there, just catching the Penguins uh, a little bit flat to start the game and taking full advantage of it. Uh, and I think all of us Ranger fans right now, we all have to make an agreement here together, make like a pact almost, and say, we're totally not going to do this, by the way, but let's all agree right now uh, to never question Gerard Gallant ever again, particularly when it comes to the line combinations. Because when we saw these new line combos that they were rolling out in practice, I think a lot of us were left scratching our heads a little bit. And I include myself in that because, like a lot of you guys, I was not too keen on the idea from dropping Alexi Lafreniere from the top line down to the third line. We saw the game against the Devils. You know, he was benched for most of the third period, along with Dryden Hunt and Ryan Reeves, so that the Rangers could just roll with three lines in the third period, trying to come back and also give some more ice time to the new guys. Uh, but yeah, I saw him back down on the third line. I'm just thinking like, man, what are we doing here? You know, Lafreniere is on a four-game point streak and now a five-game point streak after tonight. And he's played some of the best hockey that we've seen him play since the Rangers have drafted him. So why in the world would you take him away from Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, drop him back down to the third line with Philip Hedl and Barclay Goodrow, and presumably, uh, you know, reduce his ice time as well. And that goes doubly true when you consider the fact that, you know, we've seen this line combination from the Rangers. We've seen Lafreniere and Hedl and Goudreau. The Rangers have used that trio, you know, a good amount of times this season. And I don't know that it's ever really been all that impressive, all that productive. I know Barclay Goodrow's having a really nice season, uh, but I think most of his offensive production has come on other lines. Uh, defensively, I mean, you know what you're going to get from him defensively. And uh, Philip Hedl, you know, he's had his ups and downs and has picked it up a little bit recently, but I saw those three back together and I was just like, man, what are we doing? Leave Lafreniere with Mika and with Kreider and just watch him soar. But uh, Alexi Lafreniere played one of his best games all season tonight, I thought. Uh, he was outstanding defensively as well. And of course, he kicked off the scoring. Uh, Barclay Goodrow up the right side to Philip Hedl. Hedl, uh, you know, moves into the Ranger zone, passes back to his left uh, to Alexi Lafreniere. Forehand, backhand, five-hole, goal, 
one and nothing Rangers, and they were off and running after that. Uh, but yeah, these line combinations were really interesting. We might as well uh, go through the entire uh, lineup here because it was quite a bit different from the last time we saw the Rangers in action. Uh, you've got the top line of Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider on his left wing, Frank Vetrano on his right wing. And I've said uh, recently that I really like the idea of Frank Vetrano playing with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom because they're both terrific passers and he's got a heck of a shot. Uh, so to me, this was a little bit of an odd combination here because, you know, you think of Kreider's uh, kind of the guy that can finish from the doorstep and is kind of a sniper, you know, besides that. It's easy to forget how good of a shot Kreider has because he scores all of his goals, uh, you know, cleaning up from the crease, it seems like. But he can shoot. Uh, Mika's a Banajad, great passer, but a great shooter as well. And now another sniper. So in a way, you've got like three snipers all together on the top line. And it's like, okay, I guess this can work, but just kind of an odd fit. Um, but it obviously worked out really nice. We saw Frank Vitrano get his first uh, non-empty net goal as a member of the New York Rangers. Mika Zibanejad had three assists. Kreider had two goals and one assist. Just a fantastic night for these guys. Mika Zibanejad is all over the ice. And I gotta. we'll get back to the line combinations in just a second. But I got to do a little tangent here. Uh, I sent out a tweet earlier tonight. I think it was after the second period. I said... Something along the lines of, hey, you know, are there any Ranger fans out there that really still wish that this team would have traded everything that it had in order to bring in Jack Eichel and then presumably also uh, shown Mika Zibanejad the door as a result of bringing in Jack Eichel? Hey, listen, if there's anybody that's still in Camp Eichel, no better time to speak up than right now. Uh, no, Mika Zibanejad has been absolutely fantastic. He's a better all-around player than Jack Eichel. I have mentioned this many times on this podcast, especially when you take defense into consideration. You know, Mika, it's easy to get lost in the offensive stats and the fact that he had three assists tonight is the first star of the game and just puts up points on a ridiculous basis. But the value that this guy adds on the penalty kill, which has been a strength for the Rangers, and just playing defense in general. This guy plays in all three zones. He's a constant nuisance uh, to the opponents whenever the Rangers do not have the puck. He's constantly knocking the puck away from guys, uh, breaking up scoring opportunities, whatever it might be. He's gotten better at faceoffs. This guy is just a tremendous all-around hockey player. And it's very easy to look at Panarin because the guy's a human highlight reel. And it's very easy to look at Chris Kreider and, you know, how many goals is he up to now? I mean, it's so hard to even keep track because he scores every night. I think he's up to 43 at this point. Um, but Mika Zibanejad, I think the case could be made that as far as just being steady and reliable in every single facet of the game, Mika Zibanejad might have the best all-around game of any Ranger forward. And I do not say that lightly when he shares the ice, once again, with Chris Kreider and Artemi Panarin. But uh, the guy is just an all-around tremendous, tremendous hockey player. And I think people around the league certainly know about him, and they know that he's a really good player. This guy's a superstar. And I, I said that last year. Um, you know, obviously, he got off to a slow start last year because of the COVID bout. But I don't think people that don't see the Rangers on a regular basis can truly appreciate how good Mika Zibanejad really is and how much he really means to this team and all the different roles that he plays for this team. I mean, the guy's just unbelievable. Um, but tangent over, let's get back to the line combinations here. Uh, so second line, Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin, obviously on the left wing, and Andrew Kopp on the right wing. And again, I wasn't necessarily feeling, you know, all these different line changes and, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel. But I will say this uh, in Galant's defense. And, well, first of all, in his defense, everything that he touched turned to gold tonight because, you know, Cops scored a goal, Lafreniere scored a goal, Vetrano scored a goal, and those are the three guys that switched lines. But as for the second line, yeah, this line looked good. And I think that, um, you know, when you look at this team and where they are in the standings right now, they can afford to, you know, experiment a little bit because, 
they have a playoff spot locked up. I've really been hesitant to say that because you never know what can happen, and it's not over till it's over and all those other cliches. But we've known for quite some time pretty much who the eight Eastern Conference playoff teams are going to be. It's very unique. It's very strange. You don't see this every year where you know the eight playoff teams are basically determined before the halfway point of the season. I mean, that's basically what happened. Um, so the Rangers have that luxury where they can mess around with their line combinations a little bit, experiment with some of these new guys, move guys up and down the lineup, move them to different positions. I mean, you don't want to go completely over the top with it and put, I don't know, Greg McKaig on the top line, for example. But um, you can you can mess around with some things, see what clicks, see what doesn't click, and uh, adjust accordingly and make sure that you're ready to go for the playoffs. And the Rangers, it looks like they're going to take advantage of being in such a position. Of course, you still want to win these games, and you want to hopefully have home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. But you do have that luxury. You can mess around with some things right now. And overall, you know, a, a strong night for that second line as well. I mean, everybody had a strong night. Try to pick out a Ranger in this game that struggled or, or like really had a rough night. I don't think a single player did. Uh, but that's your second line. Your third line, you've got Philip Heal centering Alexi Lafreniere and Barclay Goodrow. And these guys look great. Uh, I already mentioned the first goal that they scored, uh, linking up, you know, Goudreau to Heedle to Lafreniere. Uh, but these guys were all over the ice doing their thing. Like I said, I think this is one of the better games we've seen Lafreniere play. Uh, Goudreau, just such a steady, reliable veteran presence. Great defensive forward. And Heedle looked good, too. Heedle had a couple of chances to score. Uh, couldn't quite bury it, but came close a couple of times. And uh, hopefully, you know, this line can keep it up going forward. Because that third line, you know, a lot of... A lot of moving pieces and a lot of different combinations this year, but hopefully sooner or later they can settle on a trio there and it can be a productive line come playoff time. And then, of course, the fourth line, Johnny Bradzinski centering Tyler Mott and Dryden Hunt. And, uh, you know, Mott, he really stood out when the Rangers were shorthanded. There was an instance in this game late in the first period. Now, the Rangers were up 3 nothing here, but the... Penguins end up with four minutes of power play time due to a double minor high-sticking penalty on Dryden Hunt. And Tyler Mott was out there for a good chunk of this penalty kill, and he looked great. I mean, there was an instance where they dumped the puck into the Penguins zone, and he's back behind the net there, and there's three Penguins trying to get the puck away from him, which eventually they did. But, I mean, he's with standing, you know, a three-on-one uh, mugging, basically. You know, they're, they've got him pinned against the boards. They're trying to get the puck away from him. And then, before the Penguins can even uh, clear the puck out of the zone, Mott forces a turnover, led to a... I'd say medium danger scoring opportunity for the Rangers there, but uh, they didn't score. But uh, again, Mott, I mean, this guy is tenacious. And as I tweeted during this game, uh, I can really see and really appreciate why Vancouver Canucks just absolutely love this guy. Uh, he's just a very hardworking player, very scrappy player. And I think Ranger fans are going to definitely like him a lot uh, down the stretch here as well. And uh, Brodzinski and Hunt, you know, taking care of business, doing their job on the fourth line. Ryan Reeves, a healthy scratch, which I figured he would be after taking that really bad penalty in the last game and being benched for the third period. Uh, we'll talk about that decision in just a second as well. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, Puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these, they are better. A typical candy bar could be anywhere between two and 300 calories. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Bilt Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, 
Then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they pull it off, but they do every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so as I was talking about a second ago, the Rangers make Ryan Reeves a healthy scratch for just the second time this season, and I should probably elaborate on what happened just in case anybody uh, missed the game against the Devils and uh, I you didn't miss anything. Let's just put it that way. Um, but basically what happened in this game, Rangers were really scuffling in the second period. Devils just with a complete onslaught of goals. They're down 2 nothing. Next thing you know, they're up 5-2. And in the middle of all this, Ryan Reeves, uh, him and Mason Geertsen were kind of trading words pretty much the entire night. But there's a shift where, you know, Geertsen's along the boards. Reeves comes up behind him and just slashes him in the back of the leg with his stick and gets a penalty for it. So just a terrible penalty in a really bad situation in the game. No need for it. And... He was benched after that and did not play the entire third period. So I had a pretty good inkling that he was not going to see the ice in this game, was not even going to be suited uh, for this game either. I think uh, making him a healthy scratch for one game makes sense. You probably want to get him back out there, though. You know, this is somebody that you brought him in here to, to watch everybody's back, to play good, strong physical hockey on the fourth line. I think for the most part, he's done his job pretty much all season, and I don't think you want him, you know, rotting on the sidelines for too long, and I think this is somebody, big-bodied guy, really strong, really tough, uh, somebody that's going to translate well to playoff hockey. He's played his fair share of uh, playoff hockey games over the years as well, so I think sooner or later, you're going to see Reeves get back out there, and I would even say maybe in the next game for the Rangers, I know how these coaches are, not wanting to mess with the lineup too much after a really strong win, Uh, but if I had to guess, it's tough. They might roll with the same lineup, but if he goes back in, I would imagine it would coincide with uh, Johnny Brodzinski probably coming out of the lineup, which is unfortunate, too, because Brodzinski's played pretty well for this team uh, since being called up from the Wolfpack. Not going to be a superstar player, but somebody that can, uh, you know, round out your bottom six fairly well, I would say. And then the defense pairings, and this is the other big thing that we got to talk about as it pertains to the lineup. Uh, You've got Lindgren Fox, Miller Truba, no surprises there. That's how the Rangers have been rolling all season. But then the third pairing, Patrick Nemeth and Braden Schneider. Schneider already back into the lineup in place of Justin Braun, somebody who, uh, to my knowledge, is not very used to being a healthy scratch. But I credit the Rangers for doing this. I was really hoping that Schneider wouldn't just be the odd man out every single night. Uh, wouldn't become the forgotten man or anything like that. He's played too well to uh, just you know sit in the press box every single night. I also can appreciate the Ranger fans that you know think Justin Braun gives them some experience, some playoff experience specifically, uh, another big body defenseman, and some depth on the blue line in general. But I'll say what I've said all along. I am not convinced, and keep in mind, I, I have slightly at least warmed up to the Justin Braun trade a little bit, but I am still not convinced that he's this massive upgrade on Braden Schneider. And I understand Braden Schneider's young, and he's still getting his feet wet in the NHL, and he's had some hiccups. He had a hiccup tonight, uh, and, I, and we'll get to that in a little bit as well. Uh, but for the most part, this kid's done a heck of a job. And I don't want there to be a situation where the Rangers are terrified to put this guy into a playoff game just because he's 20, 20 years old, excuse me. Um, because, like I said in the past, he'll be 21 next year, and I realize he'll have a whole nother season of NHL hockey under his belt, but... What are you going to do? Oh, he's only 21, so let's trade for another 35-year-old rental defenseman and play him instead of Brandon Schneider. Get him out there and let him play. Get, get him a chance to get his feet wet in NHL postseason action. Uh, it would obviously bode well for the Rangers going forward, you know, into seasons to come here if Braden Schneider already has at least a little bit of playoff experience under his belt. That's my opinion anyway, and I'm sticking to it. But as far as, uh, you know, Nemeth, Schneider, 
and uh, Braun are concerned, I'd be okay with this being something of an open trial. You know, maybe in the next game, and again, I know the coaches don't like to mess with the lineup after a win, but maybe in the next game, you try to go with Braun and Schneider and maybe make Patrick Nemeth a healthy stretch. Now, to my knowledge, Patrick Nemeth has not been a healthy stretch all year. He's obviously been out of the lineup from time to time, but it's always because, you know, they they say he's got an injury or it's a personal issue or he's sick. You know, it's always one thing or the other. They've never uh, designated him as an official healthy scratch. So I will take them at face value on that. Patrick Nemeth has still not been a healthy scratch. And I do think he's played better since coming back from his bout with COVID. But again, I think uh, between now and the end of the regular season here, you figure out who are the best two, who's pl- who are playing the best come playoff time, and that's your third defense pairing. And, you know, with Braun and Schneider out there, if they chose to go that route, the only tricky thing there is they're both right defense. So one of them, presumably Braun, would move over to the left side. Uh, hopefully he can handle that, but there's only one way to find out. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, that's a luxury that the Rangers have right now. They can mess around with things like that and know that it's not going to cost them their playoff spot, or it shouldn't. I mean, there's, there's no way that the Rangers should at any point be in any jeopardy whatsoever of, of not making the playoffs this year. I think that we can all agree on. Uh, we're going to keep this thing going here. I mean, I, I haven't even gotten to just the absolute barrage of goals that the Rangers scored uh, to start this game. We talked about the Lafreniere goal, but we haven't talked about the other two goals right at the start of the game there. So we're going to obviously break those down and get into a bunch of other highlights from this game as well, because this game was not short on highlights for the New York Rangers. So we will get into all that in just a second. All right, I just want to thank everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so I figure, like I was talking about, you know, we'll get back to some more highlights from this game in just a second, but to just take a quick detour here, I did want to send some well wishes to Brett Howden, former New York Ranger. Uh, Some of you, I'm sure, have seen this play by now, but if you missed it, basically what happened was Knights are playing the Predators. Uh, Howden's got the puck, you know, moving through the neutral zone, uh, just getting past the red line. He's involved in a a really awkward collision with Philip Forsberg. It seemed like both of them kind of lost their balance. Forsberg... Hit him from behind, but again, I don't think it was a dirty hit. It was a case of both of them, again, just losing their balance. But unfortunately, you know, Howden went down, and he hit the boards right in front of the Nashville bench just so awkwardly. Uh, You know, his neck bent in a not good way, and, you know, Forsberg had fallen too, and so Forsberg's entire body crashes into Howden, and Howden ended up being stretchered off the ice, uh, but it sounds like, uh, you know, he's expected to make a full recovery and is going to miss some games. But, uh, you know, it sounds like other than just general soreness after uh, just a really scary scene there, he's no worse for the wear. So uh, glad to hear that. You know, obviously it didn't work out with the Rangers with Brett Howden, but uh, happy to hear that, you know, he uh, escaped a big-time, you know, scary injury there. Um, You know, with with Howden, I don't ever think it was a lack of effort when he was on the Rangers. Sometimes uh, things just don't work out. But um, getting back to the Rangers here, you know, I wanted to definitely dive into this onslaught of goals that they had in the first period here. And we already talked about the Lafreniere goal. So for the second one, like I said, Rangers are up one to nothing at this point, and the Penguins come in on a three-on-one rush, and Miller is the lone guy back. Looked like he broke out the pass, got his stick on the puck just enough to deflect it out of harm's way there. Puck goes to the boards, Mika picks it up, and he looks up the ice, and who's there but Chris Kreider? Uh, Mika with a long pass, uh, you know, from along the boards, across the ice, to hit Chris Kreider in stride. Kreider, you know he's got that great speed, goes in, and... Beats Tristan Jerry blocker side. And then right after this, the Rangers make it 3 to nothing. You've got Chris Kreider uh, gaining the blue line. Mika Zibanejad goes in deep, and Kreider finds him up the boards. And then Mika starts making his way 
toward the penguin net, and then he sees Frank Vetrano on the other side of the net, passes to him, and uh, Vetrano with a little tip-in goal there. His second is a Ranger, but his first non-empty goal as a member of the New York Rangers. And so the Rangers really caught the Penguins back on their heels to start this game. Uh, could not have possibly asked for a better start than this. Rangers up 3 to nothing. Like I said, just four minutes and 16 seconds into the action here. But obviously, there's a long way to go. Uh, Pittsburgh actually used its timeout right after this goal was scored, and I'm sure that was the message on their bench that, you know, there's a lot of hockey left to be played. But uh, look, it's impossible to continue to score goals at this rate for an entire night. Otherwise, the final score would be like, I don't know, 60 to nothing or something like that. But, um, you know, the Rangers, you know, obviously the scoring slowed down a little bit, but they just basically skated circles around the Penguins this entire night. I thought it was one of the better defensive games that we've seen the Rangers play pretty much all season. You know, Igor Shesterkin had a really nice night for himself. He ends up stopping 20 of 21 shots, so it's a bounce-back game for him. Uh, only allows the one goal, but beyond that, I thought this was more about team defense than it was about Igor Shesterkin standing on his head. And actually, at the end of the game, uh, Igor, once again, despite stopping 20 of 21 shots, only allowing one goal, getting the victory, was actually not one of the three stars. And probably that was the way to go in this one because, again, uh, the Rangers just suffocated the Penguins, didn't allow them anything. Uh, Sidney Crosby came into this game. I'm trying to remember the exact stat. I'm almost positive. I'm like 95% sure on this. They said that Sidney Crosby has points in 20 of his last 22 games coming into this game tonight. Not only did he not get on the score sheet, I barely noticed him. I mean, he, there weren't really that many uh, great opportunities for Sidney Crosby. The time that he stuck out in this game for me was at the end of the second period. There was a little bit of a dust-up between Ke'Andre Miller and Jake Gensel. I don't know exactly what happened. You know, the clock expires. I'm sure the Penguins are frustrated, and uh, Gensel basically slashes Miller on the side of his leg, you know, after the horn. And then Brian Russ is skating by Ke'Andre Miller, and he feels the need to kind of accidentally on purpose bump into him. And then the camera cut away, but when it came back, uh, you know, Crosby and Miller are kind of chirping at each other. And, uh, you know, Lafreniere was in there too, watching Miller's back, as was Tyler Mott. So that was good to see as well. But uh, the period ended, teams went to the locker rooms without any further incident. But uh, that's just kind of the cherry on top of the Sunday there, because not only are the Rangers dominating this game, they were up 4 nothing at that point, the end of the second period there. But obviously, they're kind of getting their heads a little bit and frustrating them a little bit. And Buckle up, because we got two more matchups with the Pittsburgh Penguins, including one next week, and then probably a first-round playoff series matchup. I mean, I realize that can change. Who knows? Look, maybe the Rangers win the Metro, and it ends up being Carolina versus Pittsburgh, and then Rangers against Caps. And, of course, Rangers and Caps have a storied history as well. Uh, but right now, it, I was talking about this the other day. You know, we had Alyssa Hope on. She's a big Penguins fan, YouTuber. Uh, definitely check out her channel if you have not yet done so. But... Yeah, I mean, it just feels like, you know, it's going to be Rangers versus Penguins this season, very likely happening in the first round. So, uh, like I said, buckle up for that. And like I was talking about earlier, you know, we talked about the night that Brayden Schneider had and Patrick Nemeth, and of course, you know, uh, Braun is now in the mix as well. We'll keep our eye on that position battle for the Rangers' third defense pairing there. But I did mention that Brayden Schneider had a little bit of a hiccup tonight that stood out to me. Uh, there was a situation where... You know, he was coming up the boards and was looking to clear the Rangers' zone and gave it right away to a Penguin. I mean, just could not have made a better pass if he was his teammate. But uh, the Penguin basically, I didn't even see who it was, but he intercepted the clearing attempt. The good news is that Braden Schneider did not panic, and he just as quickly got the puck back away from him and indeed cleared the zone. So we saw some good and some bad from Braden Schneider in the span of about 
two seconds there. So overall, I thought he had a good game, though. You know, again, big physical presence and somebody that I think is ready for prime time. I know some people are happy about the Braun pickup and all that good stuff. We talked about that earlier. We don't have to dive into it in too much detail all over again here. Uh, but I'm still on Team Schneider. You know, I'm, I'm feeling good about him. He uh, was last on the Ranger defenseman in terms of time on the ice, 1508 to be exact. Patrick Nemeth had 1544. Something that was kind of interesting, though, the duo of Jacob Truba and Keandre Miller, they actually had more ice time than Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren. Uh, Truba was out there for 22.44 and Keandre Miller 22.38. And then you had Fox at 21.28 and Lindgren at 20.20. I wouldn't read too much into this. I mean, sometimes this is just the way it's going to shake out, right? And obviously, you know, the Rangers... They had a pretty big lead in this game, so maybe Galan and the coaching staff saw this as an opportunity to, you know, not have Fox out there for 25 minutes for once. You know, they knocked it down to, once again, 21-28. Uh, but that was just kind of interesting and, uh, you know, something that I thought we could share here as far as, you know, time on the ice is concerned among the top four Ranger defensemen. But we got to talk about Igor Shesterkin and all the ridiculous passes that he was making on this night. So... For starters, he actually did take a penalty because he tried to clear the zone on his own and basically just lifted the puck up over the glass into the stands, and obviously he can't do that. That's a delay of game penalty. So Igor called for delay of game Pittsburgh to the power play. This is all in the second period, by the way, and the Rangers are up 3 to nothing at this point in the game. And the Rangers, again, you know, strong night in the penalty kill. It's been a strength for this team all season. They're doing a nice job, but this turn into the Igor Shesterkin show is really crazy, uh, you know, about halfway through the power play, give or take, he shoots the puck down the ice. And I thought he was just clearing the puck, which is a great play in and of itself. It's great to have a goalie that can do that. Obviously, you don't want him getting too crazy with it because you don't want him to turn the puck over and it leads to, you know, an easy goal for the opposition. But I do trust Igor Shesterkin in those situations. He's proven that he should be trusted in those situations. But actually what he was doing, he wasn't just clearing the puck here. He saw Barclay Goodrow way down the ice and actually sprung him on a breakaway. Uh, the Penguins defenseman did a nice job getting back and breaking out a potential uh, scoring opportunity for Gaudreau. Andrew Kopp was there too. He couldn't get a shot on goal either. But either way, a uh, great play by Igor Shesterkin there. And then, just after this, he shoots the puck down the ice again, and this one actually goes on goal right to Tristan Jerry. So for my money, that should be a shot on goal for Igor Shesterkin. I don't know if it registered as one or not, but that was a shot on goal as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so then... Penguins have the puck in the uh, Rangers zone, and they're still on the power play. And Chris Kreider, you know, there's a fight for the puck along the boards, and he moves the puck into the neutral zone, and Mika Zibanejad is there. And Mika Zibanejad basically just collects the puck in stride. And right after Kreider did this, by the way, the second he got the puck out of the zone, man, he hit the Jets right up the center of the ice. He saw what was about to develop, and what was about to develop was a two-on-one break for the New York Rangers. And Mika passed to his right to Kreider. Kreider kind of went down to one knee as he shot the puck and beats, uh, I don't even remember which Penguin goalie was in the game at the time because for a while it was Tristan Jerry. He came out after, yeah, he came out after this. So uh, DeSmith went in, then DeSmith got hurt. Hopefully he's okay as well, and Jerry had to go back in. But either way, uh, Chris Kreider scores here, and it was really funny because when Kreider and Mika were celebrating the goal, uh, Kreider, you, you could read his lips, he said, I shot it. And I think he was remembering... Uh, the last game against the Devils, the Rangers had a two-on-one just like this. I mean, it was going in the opposite direction, but very similar play. Uh, Mika passed to Kreider, and Kreider tried to get it back to Mika instead of just shooting it himself, and it didn't work out at all. I don't think the Rangers even ended up getting a shot on goal out of the deal there. So uh, Kreider, you know, obviously remembering that play and uh, telling Mika, hey, I shot it. So that was, that was pretty cool to see there as well. And you know what? We've talked about all the Ranger goals. Andrew Kopp got his first goal as a New York Ranger after having two assists in his Ranger debut. So we might as well break down 
on this one, too. This happened late in the third period. Bacop dumped the puck into the uh, Penguins zone. Panarin goes into the corner, plays it around behind the net to Strom. Strom puts it right back along the boards, right back to Panarin, and then Panarin passes out of the corner in front to Andrew Kopp. Kopp scores from the doorstep, and uh, pretty much just puts the exclamation point on this game. That closed out the scoring 5-1 to for the Rangers, and Cop seems to be fitting in pretty well. I mean, I, I thought, you know, overall, solid night. Not not as noticeable maybe tonight as he was uh, in the game against the Devils, but uh, he gets the goal here. And after the game, you know, this really stood out to me. I don't know what was said, but Cop was laughing with some of his new teammates. Uh, Lafreniere was there. Mika was there. Kreider was there. And uh, we did a crossover with Harrison from Locked On Jets. And uh, he kind of described, I asked him, you know, what kind of personality does Cop have? How does he mesh with his teammates? And uh, Harrison I think he was only half joking, but he said he's like a total surfer, bro. You know, kind of laid back and has some fun, clearly enjoys himself out there. And it seems like he's fitting in pretty well with his teammates uh, right off the bat here, just two games into his New York Ranger tenure. And that's fantastic to see. And it's also fantastic to see that he's got a goal and two assists in his first two games as a Ranger. So obviously couldn't be off to a much better start there for Andrew Kopp. And there is one other play in this game that I want to talk about real quick here before we call it a night. And that is a play made by Braden Schneider. I know we talked about Schneider earlier, but I just kind of wanted to illustrate my point a little bit further that I thought he had a pretty nice game tonight. Uh, there was maybe only one instance in this game where it felt like the Penguins maybe had a little bit of a push, maybe uh, you know took a, a slight upper hand for just a couple of minutes here. It was right after they scored to make the score 4-1 to one in favor of the Rangers. I thought the Penguins had a good shift or two after that, and... They had a chance to maybe make it 4-2 to about midway through the third period here. Uh, Penguins got the puck to Heinen right in front of the net, you know, pretty much right at the top of the goal crease there, and he had a chance from point-blank range. And Schneider did a really good job just putting his body on him, uh, moving him out of there, and just not letting him get a shot away. Just made it very difficult for him to really do anything. And to do all that without, you know, taking a penalty too, very, very impressive by Braden Schneider there again. I, I continue to be impressed. I realize, you know, he has his hiccups every now and then. Any 20-year-old in the NHL is probably going to have their hiccups every now and then. Um, and I am still open-minded as far as, you know, what defensive pairings the Rangers want to use going forward. Uh, but I will continue to stand up for Braden Schneider as long as I, you know, continue to see him play the way that he did in this game here tonight. And I mean, honestly, the way that the Rangers played in this game here tonight, if they can play like this down the stretch and into the playoffs, uh, they've definitely got something. They were at their absolute best tonight. Just an absolute blast watching this game. Absolute blast recording this podcast. I mean, I always have fun talking Ranger hockey with you guys, but it's just that much more enjoyable after a win and particularly after a win against the despised Pittsburgh Penguins, division rival, big win for the Rangers in terms of where they are in the standings. Uh, obviously, you know, the better they play down the stretch here, the better of a chance they have to get home ice advantage in the first round of the postseason. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodin and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.